Welcome, welcome to Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where we highlight an artist and, on, and their art every single week. We, no exception today, we have a very amazing artist that we are going to chat with, but we want to let you know of, of a few things. First of all, it is live for a reason, because we love the interaction. We love when you ask questions, uh, you know, submit your pictures, tell us about your experience. So basically, there is one way for you to do that. Whatever you're watching this, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is, there's probably a chat box either beside or below the video. Look for that. That's the best place for you to ask questions, and we, I'm, I'm going to get them here, and I'll ask directly to the artist. Perfect opportunity for you to, you know, not, not only ask questions, but really get to know better uh, the artist and the life of an artist, right? The other thing is, wherever you're watching this, there is a button for you to share. Well, the main reason you would like to share is because this podcast is content only. There's a lot of good information that you and your friends can benefit from. So why not share things that are good? And the second reason for that is you help us show out there. Again, every week we are here, we talk about art, we highlight artists. We want to get the word out about what we do and you are our best ambassador. So if you can take a second and click on that share button, you can share anywhere, including groups, because we are not going to sell anything during this broadcast. And if you're on Facebook, when you click on the video, you can uh, click on hearts and the heart show on the video and you can give like, you can also comment and ask questions. Well, if you can do those things, it will help Facebook show this podcast to other people. They actually measure how many people interact in the first few minutes before they decide, yes, it's worth showing, no, it's not worth showing. So you have the power out there. I hope you can use that to promote us a little bit so it helps get the word out. And that's basically it. So we now begin our creativity focus for this week. My artist this week is Cheryl Dixon, and she makes baskets. Baskets is just the tip of the iceberg, right, Cheryl? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a, a, a little bit more about the things that you make besides baskets. And we are going to show in a second some pictures. Okay. Um, thank you for having me today. I'm really happy to be here and, you know, whenever you enjoy what you do and you're passionate about it, you love to share and that's, that's, my nickname is Cher mm -hmm. because my name is Cheryl, so. <laughs> um, over the years I've done a lot of different things and 34 years ago I started with baskets. So that turned into a business and so then I had to come up with some hobbies. So, and a lot of those hobbies also turned into business, whatever. Uh, one of my favorite things I'm working on right now are my pottery looms. Oh, look at that. So you, and they are, this frame is actually a loom, a ping loom of some type. This is, this is a piece of pottery. Oh, wow. And I hand cut these. This one's a little large. This one is about 10, 12 inches long and about eight inches deep. Mm -hmm. And I hand cut these and then I warp them. I'll turn it around so you can see the back. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
loom but just enlarge it by quite oh. a bit and I use a waxed cotton thread I used to use waxed linen but I have a friend who is a, a good supplier of waxed cotton now and so I use this it's really soft feeling it's easy on your hands so it's warped just like a regular loom and then it's woven with whatever you would like to use. Mm -hmm. So I have some classes coming up, one in Illinois and one in Georgia. And so I'm hot and heavy into the pottery, my pottery loom production right now, getting ready for those classes. So this loom, once you finish the project, you, you take the, the fiber out or it stays as no. a frame? This is permanent. This, this, is a, this is a piece of art. Uh-huh. Nice. And and so yes, it's a it's a permanent piece that will hang on a wall or you can put it on an easel yes. and display it on a table with other artwork. <laughs> and what I love about these is just the freedom, the freedom to create whatever. And mm -hmm. you can uh, the first the first uh loom weaving I ever did was card weaving where you take a piece of cardboard and clip it and then mm -hmm. warp that and then weave and then you take it off of that cardboard loom. Well I happened to be in Michigan at a basket makers convention doing this and we were in kind of a mountainous setting and it was uh -huh. winter time and so I made the whole thing kind of based on the landscape that I was looking at outside. Oh how beautiful. And so it's the same way with, with these. I make these in a lot of different themes. Like right now I'm working on a batch of mermaids uh -huh. and other underwater things. So there may be a mermaid and a <laughs> dolphin and some That's shells. So cool. and, then so you cool. can and then you can weave it with those colors, with your beachy colors mm -hmm. and your south or whatever, your, your underwater colors. Uh-huh. So, That's so cool. So, uh, Marilyn Schaefer is saying hello. Hello. <laughs> so Cheryl, you, you mentioned that the basket weaving became your business. Tell me a little bit about that, the structure of the business in itself. Okay. Um, first of all, before I do that, I, I can't see you on my screen. I think I clicked the wrong thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still showing you as just a card, right? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Is that all I should be seeing or act? So should I be seeing your face? You should be seeing my face. Let, let, let my people here take care of that for you. Okay. All right. So um, when my two sons were small, they were about one and three, a friend of mine who also had sons about that same age, we used to play together all the time. And one day I went to her house and I saw all these lovely baskets and I said, where did you get these? And she said, I made them. I said, get out of town. You didn't make these. This is 35, 36 years ago. And she said, oh, yeah, I've been taking classes. And I said, would you make one for me? I'll buy it from you. And she said, sure. Well, time went on, time went on, time went on. You know how it is with friends. It's hard to sell your work to friends. Yes, it is. <laughs> so she solved that problem. I bothered her about it one time too many, and she said, you know what, if you want a basket, you just need to learn how to do it <laughs> and make your own. I said, okay, but I had one little issue, and that was money, because her husband had a really good job, and she didn't have to work. Uh -huh. 
And my husband had a decent job and I didn't work, but I didn't have the extra money to spend on, mm-hmm. on classes. Yeah. So he said, well, I'll tell you what, you buy the supplies and I'll show you how to do it. Okay. So we went to the basket shop. We were really lucky to have a basket shop across town. That's yeah. so rare. That's so I, rare. I never heard of a basket shop. Yep. <laughs> yep. So this was, uh, this was the weaver's mill. And that's all it was, basket supplies and basket making classes. Uh-huh. So I made my first basket. I was hooked. Uh-huh. It was like no p- drug you've ever <laughs> but wanted to be addicted to. It's, you know what it's like. Mm-hmm. What, whatever your favorite craft is. Just get stop. The first time you did it, oh my gosh, you couldn't get enough of it. Uh-huh. And so... I went over to the basket shop and I bought the supplies to make more. The basket that I learned to make was, uh, it's a melon basket. Actually, oh my gosh, I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> 35 years later. Wow. Anyway, it's, it's a basket that you can, that you only have to buy three things for. So I only needed two sizes of reed and the hoops. Mm-hmm. And that would make a lot of baskets. And so that was the most bang for my buck. Okay. If you've got this much money to spend, you buy this much. Uh-huh. I started making baskets every single day. When my, my boys went to bed at night, I made a basket. Uh-huh. I would stay up till one or two in the morning and make a basket. Wow. Three months later, uh, the owner of the basket shop, Molly Schaffenacker, whom I'm still friends with, she says, you're in here so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, yeah. She said, I want to see your baskets. I want to see what you're doing. So I took my baskets in, and I was just bowled over by her praise and her desire to actually sell those baskets in her store. <laughs> I said, really? They're, they're good enough to sell? And she said, this is, yeah, <laughs> anyway. So I started. So you started. Okay, so that's I put awesome. My bas- put my baskets in there on consignment, started selling. That's fantastic. Let's show people some of your baskets. I have one picture here that we are going to show now. And you're probably not going to see, but it's a, it's a blue one with a, oh. a, the finish on top is the natural color of the reed. Right, the one that you... The, the one that you showcased that uh-huh. you focused? Yeah. Okay. So I can tell you about that one. Uh, I had a young lady. I may, I do a lot of 4-H students and I teach the surrounding counties. Anyway, they all have different requirements. And she had a new requirement that her has, basket had to be made using round reed for the spokes. Oh. So, so that basket... It's kind of funny how the inspiration that I had from that one because I, I designed it and the young lady who made it, her name is Ariel. And ever since she first came to me for classes, I always called her my little mermaid. And so if you see the picture, you'll see I used the, we picked out those blue colors uh-huh. and then just just her name, Ariel, and that vision of mermaid and the water and Inspired. the underwater. And I said, 
let's let's go with this. And so that actually has some natural materials in it as well. Uh-huh. It has palm inflorescence, okay. which are the seed stems from the palm trees. And so there's a technique that's called tie twining. Mm-hmm. And you don't see it done really often, awesome. but I, I learned it at a convention up in Michigan about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. where you attach something from the outside onto the outside of the basket, and you twine it on. So I actually have a basket right here. <laughs> Let's uh, see. Wait a second so we can switch to you. Oh, show okay. it again. Show it again. Show the basket okay. again. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this basket, let me see where I am here. Okay, so up here, this is the palm inflorescence, uh-huh. or what's called seed stems, and they're attached to the outside of the basket. They never go inside, and I don't know if you can see the twining yes. on the mm-hmm. outside. So that's a really different technique to use now this is that's uh, beautiful i like the uh, the different levels that you have on the basket you know the dimension yes yeah. and this is this is a this is a style basket that i learned from a woman in florida her name was elizabeth geisler mm-hmm. and she was the original creator of this what we now refer to in basketry as a tapestry style of weaving uh-huh. which this is also inspired the outside by choosing when I do a basket like this I choose all of my colors first okay. based on like what kind of a theme I want to go with and then you make your hills and your valleys yeah and, it's fantastic yeah. but it's a Nantucket style it has a, a wood bottom uh-huh are you familiar with the Nantucket baskets? I, no. Okay. Well, that's a totally different kind of basket, but they're woven on a mold. Oh. And so I, I love doing this. The freedom, uh-huh. the freedom and just the creativity. And it's like one thing leads to another. Yes, true. It's not, it's not a basket you can plan out and then make. Mm-hmm. You, you have to make it up as you it go goes along. with the flow. I love that. I'm yeah. going to show another picture, and this time the picture, uh, it has the same blue as the former one, but it goes kind of on a ladder. Don't know if you remember of that one. And it's more of, it looks to me more of a square shape, not too round. Are there pieces that go at an angle? Yes. Like slanted? Yes. Okay, that's a technique called French randing. Okay. R-A-N-D-I-N-G. And then on either side of that should be a technique called triple twining um, with round reed. And I will pair that randing with other techniques. At our fairs, uh, when our girls start in eighth grade and above, their requirements are to do four advanced techniques Hmm. in one basket. Wow. So then... I start with asking them, what kind of a bottom do you want for your basket? A wood bottom, a filled-in bottom? Mm-hmm. And then I give them the choices. I have a sample basket with a lot of different techniques. Okay. And then I ask them to choose the techniques they like and then the colors. And then together with the student, we design their basket just for them. 
That's very cool. I have a few comments here. Debbie Purcellet is saying, every artist falls in at least one rabbit hole. <laughs> well, my, mine is a maze. <laughs> uh, and there, she's also saying, very pretty. And how many hours do the various baskets you were showing take you to create? Um, on average. Okay. On average, okay, I would say it, there's a difference between if I make it or if I have a student making it. But mm -hmm. like that tapestry basket that I'm showing you with all of the different um, materials and everything, the bigger one, mm -hmm. that one, I could easily work on that one for probably 20 hours okay. or more. It depends on how intricate the weaving is and it depends on the materials that I use because if I big, use a big fat chunky yarn that takes up more space mm -hmm. then that takes up less time you weave with smaller materials then you're weaving for a longer period of time to achieve the same amount of space so Not too bad, it, it depends no it depends now an average basket uh, for one of the more beginner baskets for a student to come mm -hmm. Um, they may spend four hours working oh, on a basket. that's not bad. Now, we have a basket here, Cheryl, that is super colorful. It has different shades. So it goes from purple, then yellow, then blue, and it, it ends with a dark blue. Gorgeous. Can, can you show the picture, Chase? It's a gorgeous, gorgeous basket. I love it. There's somebody behind holding that. You know what? I wonder if I, wonder if I log in on my phone... You can if see can, on the Facebook. See yeah, what you're showing me. That I'll bet be I easy. can. I'll bet I can. Um, now, is this live on the it, Curious Mondo page? It's live on Creativity in Focus on Facebook. Okay. And you will be able to see. We'll leave the. It's it's for me. It's one of my favorite because it has so many shades of colors, and also a shape that is very interesting. Can you find, did you find it? I'm... And while she looks for that, don't forget, this is an interactive podcast. So the more questions you ask, the better it is because you learn more, we learn, learn more. And all you have to do is actually uh, post your question, whatever you're watching, be YouTube or, or Facebook or Curious Mond or Creativity in Focus page. There is a chat box there, write your questions there and she'll be happy to answer that, those for you. It's a fascinating type of art, I think. Did you manage to see it? Oh, I think I... Uh, don't, don't worry too much. But I showed, I showed to them the basket and it was gorgeous. Now, okay. Cheryl, if a person is interested in start basket making, um, what are the basic materials they need? You need your the basket making reed, which is uh, oh my gosh, there's so many different sizes of reed. Really? And you have a bunch behind you. Yeah, behind <laughs> me, it's like oh, you know all over the place. Oh it, gosh, it's my studio. So. What, what I recommend to start is to start out easy. So I have some classes that I've taught that use one size of flat reed and then some round reed 
and then some basic reed to lash with. So a lot of people, I do kits too. I make kits mm -hmm. to sell for people. And that's really about the best way, I think, to get started. If you can't take a, a class with someone, like mm -hmm. you can't be here at my studio with me to make a basket. But what you can do is order a kit from me and make it from watching me and interacting yeah. with a live class. That way, you're not spending a lot of money on a lot of different supplies, only then to find that maybe it's just not your cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So that's what I suggest is to start with an actual kit that you're going to have the instructions for, whether it be in a pattern book or a, a pattern on paper or whether you're watching a video to learn. Mm -hmm. And what about tools necessary to basket weaving? Okay, I just happen to have my tool basket right oh, here. Oh, not bad. <laughs> and a lovely tool basket it is. Yes. And it's divided on the inside with uh -huh. all of my little slots. Nice. So, the first thing that's really important are the type of scissors you use. Mm -hmm. You do not want to use kitchen scissors or uh, scissors that are meant to cut paper. These are inexpensive. I sell them. You can get them at, they're actually garden shares. Okay. They're like $5. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I sell them for. Then there's a tool called a flat tip tool. Okay. It looks like this. has a wooden handle. Okay. This one is actually a curved tip. Mm-hmm rather than one of the flat tips. God. Okay. This is a flat one, but it's a real long one. Mm -hmm. I didn't start out with one of these. <laughs> I started out by pulling a screwdriver out of my toolbox. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do, we get by with what we, you know, what we mm -hmm. can do. Yeah. But my recommendation is if you resort to a screwdriver, You've got to file down that rough end. So it doesn't so th damage the reed. Correct. Uh, the other basic tools are a pencil, a ruler. Nice. So that's some, not bad to get started. <laughs> some water and some spring clothespins. Okay. Uh, Lizanne it. is saying, I'm always amazed at your quality and interesting topics you bring to the forefront. Thank you. Keep going ladies you're amazing i love the basket weaving i did that at a girl scout with multi multi-color cable wire oh, have you ever worked with awesome. that oh, oh yes yes <laughs> i have used recycled telephone wire that comes uh that real small size where it comes in all different colors mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about um i've also stripped the plastic off of the off of the copper wire and you can braid that copper wire wow, and weave nice. it. Uh -huh. Oh, I love to recycle. <laughs> <laughs> Shailene Child is saying it's gorgeous. And Debbie's saying that she loves to see artist studios. Do you mind turning that camera and showing us a little bit? So behind you have the reed and you told me you, uh, you dye those, right? I dye all of my own reed. Nice with uh it's just like if you were going to tie-dye a t-shirt mm -hmm. same thing it's fiber yeah so writ dye dyes it very well but i don't like the powder i only use the liquid because the powder first of all that powder can get in the air mm -hmm. and um 
I, I don't want to have to try to keep myself from breathing that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so as you probably realize, uh, yeah, I'm an artist, and so <laughs> my, my studio is it's messy most of the time. Okay, so behind me there, I have some cabinets. Those were old pattern cabinets from a um, fabric store. Okay. So those drawers are full of stuff. Way back there, if some people have seen the original scrap box, and mm. that's one of those, but it's not filled with scrapbook paper. It's Look at that. <laughs> nice. Jewelry making supplies and uh-huh. all kinds of stuff. Then we have, we have shelves. Nice. And shelves and shelves and shelves. Uh-huh. And then we get that's over cool. to my pottery part which is my slab rolling table and uh-huh. everything else so yeah um i try to tidy up about once a week because <laughs> so you with know. all your interests how many baskets do you make in a month usually um that that's a hard thing for me because i do work a full-time job uh-huh. and january to July, I'm teaching 4-H students on the weekends mm-hmm. and babysitting for my granddaughters. <laughs> so it depends on the time of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can sit down and make a basket every two days if I'm getting ready for a big craft show. And then I might go a couple of months without making a basket because I'm making pottery mm-hmm. or I'm making jewelry. So I can't even say about how many baskets I actually make uh-huh. a month okay. since it's not since it's not my full time business anymore. Mm-hmm. When it was, I used to make a basket at least uh, at least every three days. Okay, I would have a finished one. Okay, I'm going to show three more baskets uh, just for them to take an idea of your okay. talent. Okay. Uh, so the first one, it's basically it has one banner of pink and green. And then the basket, I think, has two sides. It's very pretty. You, you don't have to talk about it. It's just gorgeous. Okay. <laughs> then can we show one more? <gasps> Did you see? Can you see now? I, I think I've got you up on my phone now. Let's oh, good. So now we are seeing the is. inside, I think, of a basket with some wood. Can you see that? I think I'm trying to catch. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yeah. Yes. My phone. My phone has a lag. Okay. Uh-huh. The one. The one that you showed that um, dipped down. That's higher on each side. Mm-hmm. Is that? That's one you're talking about. All right. That has a wood bottom. Yeah, and then it has. Oh, now it switched. It switched <laughs> over. Oh, to the basket with the wood divider. Mm-hmm. That's for poker chips. And oh, that's for poker chips. I was thinking it was something like a, something to make the mold of the basket or something like that. Nope. One more. I... Let me see. Just a sec. Oh, now it's a group of baskets, a lot of blue. And there's a basket that has a divider inside. Oh, yes. Yes. Tell me about it. Um, those divided baskets. Um, hang on, I have to. I have to turn my sound off. Yeah, j- my phone. just turn the sound off. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, we're, I'm getting, there we go. Okay. So those wooden divider baskets, do you have, do you have the camera back on me yet? Yes, or is it on I do. You? Okay. 
One second. Back on her. I get a stretch. Oh. Okay. So. Yes. Th this is one of those bottoms. Okay. Now, we'll see if you can see this. I'll point my camera down. So, this basket is on a lazy Susan. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And I have these in several sizes and several sizes and several different ways to make them. And the other baskets that are in that photo, some of those are wood bottoms. Some of those are just ones that have different techniques. Um, but I love the divided baskets. I need about 50 of them in my house to, oh, really? try, to, help or to try to help organize. <laughs> That's uh, Debbie say I've drew over all the scrapbooky designs you have. And Shailene is saying, I love your studio. You validated my artistic life. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So That's tell great. me a little bit now. The the basic material is the reed. Is that expensive yes. for people to make? Baskets. Um no. no. There I would I would say if uh, let me compare this all right the reed comes in one pound coils okay and depending on where you where you get it and i do sell it um it's around ten dollars for a pound of reed so when i was talking about starting and having uh making a basket that uses only one size of reed mm -hmm. uh, one that i'm thinking about for half inch if you made like an eight by eight napkin size basket that is about three or four inches tall, mm -hmm. you can probably easily make four baskets out of that one pound of reed. So, uh -huh. so no, for, for ten dollars yeah, and jacks and whatever for four baskets. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty relative to the cost of that. That the reed itself is not the expensive part. It's when you start buying handles. Yes. Because you can buy an inexpensive handle for a market basket and pay four or five dollars for it, or you can get a handmade one that's hand carved and it's oak, mm -hmm. and you can pay fifteen dollars for it. Mm -hmm. So the wood bottoms, the wood bases, uh, for instance. This base that I showed you, yeah, these are twenty-five dollars mm -hmm. for the bottom, and then the amount of reed that you would have in that basket, I can probably say it's you might have seven dollars in it. Okay, now so, is the baskets is uh, do people value them, and how much could a person sell a basket for? That is, that's different everywhere in the country. And mm. some of my basket making Facebook groups, you'll hear someone talk about doing their shows mm -hmm. and they sold out. And people are saying, really? Well, what do you usually charge for your baskets? And they'll say X amount and somebody will say, I could never get that much where I live. Mm. And then maybe in 
on the East Coast, they'll say, oh, I get more than that for my baskets. Mm -hmm. It's almost a supply and demand thing. And it depends on the following that you have. I have basket maker friends who have been doing this for 30, 35 years like I have. And they do the same shows over and over. Mm -hmm. And they have a following. And they have people who are repeat customers. And they come back just looking for the next new basket from that artist. Right. So it depends on what your market will bear. Now, you, you mentioned shows. Are they basket uh, weaving shows or fiber shows that you also have baskets? What type of shows are they? Okay, so the shows I was just referring to are your basic craft shows. Okay. Your craft shows in churches and schools and your holiday uh, bazaars. Mm -hmm. They're called different everywhere. The basketry shows, per se, are more like... Uh, when I'm talking about going to a convention or a retreat, basket makers retreat, those are those are held in different places. Like I'm going to be teaching uh, the pottery with the loom weaving uh, to a group in Illinois, and they're all in a basket making guild. But okay. this is something different that they want to try. Mm -hmm. But there are full-blown conventions. Our Indiana convention, there are about 400 attendees and then vendors who sell basketry supplies. Uh -huh. So it's it just depends on uh, who who wants to get whatever together. So uh -huh. I'm, I'll be in Florida in February for a retreat that a woman started three years ago, Weaving in the Sunshine State. Uh -huh. And she has about 100 people that come down there. Wow, and nice. so, uh, but, the, but the regular shows where people would be selling mm -hmm. would be like what I would refer to as a craft show. <clears throat> so I know you, you mentioned this right at the beginning, but if you don't mind uh, talking a little bit again about this, Jenny is asking, how did you get into basket weaving? Okay. And, and actually, uh, did your friend teach you, or you had to? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. <laughs> yes. So, so, so this is this is really interesting. The whole story of how I ended up in business full time as well. Um, a friend of mine was making baskets, and I asked her to make me a basket. And finally, she said, "I'm not going to make you a basket. Just learn how to do it yourself." And so she did teach me. She taught me my first one, mm -hmm. and that's how I got hooked. Then I ended up selling my baskets at the basket shop where we bought supplies. Well, not too long after that, the woman who owned the store asked me to start teaching. And I said, what? Me teaching? I've only been making baskets for like six months. <laughs> I said, and you have people that have been coming here for a couple of years. And she said, it doesn't matter. You're, you're good at it. I've seen you help other people. And I said, yeah, well, I'm, I am kind of a natural born teacher. And she said, and you do this well, so you can teach it too. And I'm like, okay, I'll try, I'll try. I knew how to do things without being told. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm, it does. <laughs> I, I, I was, I have said for years and years and years, what I have is a God-given talent, and I'm, 
I really have felt this for so many years that I'm here for this reason, and that's how to teach other people. Nice. And so over 35 years, I've taught several thousand people, and there's nothing more satisfying to see that smile on the face. But anyway, I digress a little bit. I started teaching at her shop, and then she opened a second one uh, about an hour away from us and asked me to manage her store. Then she went to the wholesale side totally, and another friend of mine and I who worked for her reopened our own business. And we did basket weaving classes five nights a week, three days a week, every Saturday, groups, mail order, wholesale, and retail. Mm -hmm. And then life happened for me, a divorce, (laughs) a life happened, life happened. And 15 years ago, I ended up back in college, full-time mm-hmm. to get a college degree. And I put this all on hold. Hmm. And two years ago, I said, I've, I miss my regular, my basket making. I still have taught 4-H students all this time. But I've really wanted to get back in more full swing and back into the basket community. And it's always been a dream of mine. I mean, for 25 years. How can I teach remotely? Because I would go travel to these different conventions and teach people. Mm -hmm. And they would say, I wish you could come to my town and do this. I wish you could come to my town. And so over the years, it's been, all right, well, maybe I could record on videotapes and then uh, sell the Uh videotapes. And then DVD. And then finally some things started happening. And I created my my Facebook basket-making page. And I started going live. And teaching classes. Uh-huh. And I now have about 500 followers there. And then I found you. <laughs> <laughs> See? Everything comes together. I'm you know, telling you. I, I think part of, you know, talent is important. And having the skills, it's important. But more important than that is being open to the opportunities that show up and not shutting down. So, for example, uh, your friend said you should you should learn. I will teach. You said yes. The store said come and teach. And you said yes. I, I told a friend today a quote from Voltaire uh, that says, present opportunities are not to be neglected. They rarely visit us twice and I think that's where people miss a lot of good stuff that could be happening in their lives is when they start saying no to whatever happens in front of them because they think they're not good enough they don't know enough they need more training they need more this so they don't give themselves the chance to say yes to opportunities and when you do things happen right that's awesome because (laughs) I I mean I have I have this, I tell people this all the time. Right now, my full-time job is I'm a financial aid administrator for a major university. Uh And so I work with college students and their parents. Uh And I always tell them if we're facing, I'm a problem solver. And so we're facing a problem and I'll say, well, I have an idea. And I'll present my idea to the student, and they'll say, well, I don't know. And I tell them, the answer to the question is always going to be no if you never ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to ask. So if they say no, then you say, 
why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I believe it. I be not opportunity knocks, and you have to open that door. Yes, you we say yes first, door. and you figure later. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, Louise is asking, how many shows do you do per year? I am down to only doing one a year. Okay. It's all that I have time for, and it is the best show in this town because it's at a church where everyone, all the vendors go and they set up all throughout the church. They have their own uh, areas, but when the shoppers come in, they get a basket and they go through and they shop all of the different booths and tables, and then there's one central checkout. You don't have to be there. You just have to show up with your inventory list and set it up mm. and come back and tear it down and, and do your inventory list. So that's the only show I do now because um, I'm not the 30 or 40 year old I used to be <laughs> going out to a show and setting everything up and then sitting at a show and selling. If any of you out there have done that or you do that now, it is exhausting. It is exhausting, yes. It takes days to recover from that, then bring it back home, unpack it, and, yeah. and so on. And so, one show a year. I used to do um, at least six or seven or more, but not anymore. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if you do sell baskets, uh, but if you do, do you sell them online? I used to sell them them online. Mm -hmm. I do have I do have an Etsy page and I have sold them online. However, it's just kind of when I have the, the time. spare time, which is an oxymoron, <laughs> to post things. But I take orders from people. Sometimes I post uh, pictures on Facebook of my students, uh, their baskets, and somebody will message me and say, hey, yeah, I, I need one of those. Yeah, social media is morphing into a whole new thing for artists and, and people trying to sell their art. We're going yes. to show a few more pictures. Okay. The one that I have here now is, well, I don't, I don't know if you can see because there is a delay on your phone, but I think I'm, there is I'm a bag or something coming out of it. Oh, yes, that is the plastic bag basket. And that was designed, uh, a good basket maker friend of mine, she designs all of these and her husband makes the bases. Uh -huh. So that is a half of a circle. So it's like a half moon. And then you make the basket so that it's flat on the back. And then it has a handle on the back so you can hang it. You can hang it on a doorknob or the wall. And that's a plastic bag. So you put those plastic bags in From there. From the supermarket? You, yep. That's, you want to recycle. That's very cool. Let's see another one. Or not? Oh, yeah. There is a little girl behind this one. And okay. the basket is in the process of being created. Okay. It'll come up here, I'm sure, on my phone. It's just a young a girl. And yeah. I think the scissors I see on the table are yours. Okay, if the picture will come up on my phone. You come can on. check your messenger on Facebook, and the pictures are there as well. Oh, oh, oh. You know how technology is. There is a new glitch every up. day. It came up. Okay. Okay. 
that is one of my students. She was actually a fourth grader. Oh. And now the basket looks much larger in the picture because of that aspect. But mm -hmm. that base is about approximately an, an eight by eight square. No, that one's probably about a 12 by 12 square. Mm -hmm. It's about the size that you could carry a pie in. And so she has woven it up to the point where she's ready to get, she already cut the inside pieces off that we don't need. And those pieces that are sticking up, those are going to get tucked in down. Mm -hmm. And then the rim will be added to the basket. Okay, beautiful. Do you have another one? Another uh, picture here. I, yeah, I have some more kids, oh, okay. each one with their bags. Okay. Beautiful. Now, um, Karen Baker is saying, I would love to know how to make a basket. Guess what, Karen? Cheryl <laughs> is coming to Curious Monda. You can even be the helper again if you want. Uh, Gretchen is saying, where is the show you talked about and when is it? Sounds intriguing. Oh, the one show that I do a year, it's in West Lafayette, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And so, Gretchen, if you're in Indiana, it's a very, it's a high quality show and it's a juried show. So they nice. don't have what they call... Um, typical, you know, I don't know. Uh, it has a lot of good quality things. And it's at the uh, typically in the end of at the end of November. Mm -hmm. How how do you feel today the market? Are are they interested in basket making? Is it something that is fading out? We see some uh, forms of art out there, for example, gourd making, uh, the gourd art that it's in this uh, limbo moment because you have the people that like, but they are a small audience and they are aging and you don't see that coming with the next generation. How, where is basket making this process? Uh, we have noticed a drop off in the number of kids who are signing up for basket making in 4-H, but we're also bringing it into other places like a lot of homeschoolers their parents love for them to do baskets because it can count as art and they can also incorporate some other learning such as math uh, when we're measuring to figure out what we need to make a certain size basket mm -hmm. so the kids that are out there they are it's kind of an up and down it's a roller coaster <laughs> Um, but the schools, I have a friend who is an art teacher at one of the middle schools here, and she's asked me to come and teach baskets this year to their art club after school. So where we see that is it's just kind of up and down. Now, as far as adults are concerned, when I was in the heyday of my basket business, and that was in the 80s and early 90s i was i was so busy all of the time mm -hmm. and then i got kind of out of it but as i've gotten back into it i'm seeing that there are more and more and more people doing it adults especially mm -hmm. um, some of my students that i had 20 years ago are contacting me because they found out i'm teaching again and mm -hmm. yes we want to take classes some of the community centers around 
will teach. So it, again, it depends on the area of the country you live in. And if there's no one in your area doing it, then that's the way it will stay. Mm-hmm. It takes someone bringing that to the True. community. True. So to revive this. That's fantastic. Now, Cheryl, if people want to know more about you, do you have a website where they could go check you out? Um, Well, actually, I mean, they can go to my Facebook page if they want, or they can go to my, I have a a basket making with Cheryl and Edie Facebook page that actually has uh, the, the basket class that I'll be teaching with Curious Mondo will not be one of my basic basket basic baskets okay I have some basic basket weaving classes on my Facebook page and I have broken those up into five to ten minute videos Mm -hmm. incremental learning and I've actually had some people who have learned from me just by going with me on Facebook live and from my videos Mm -hmm. so that's probably the best way to connect with me or you can send me a Facebook request Let's see. Yeah, I have a I have a YouTube channel that also has the same classes. Mm-hmm. But Facebook, I think Facebook's the way to connect anymore. What do you think, Char? You think well, that? <laughs> for for the moment, it is. <laughs> it is one of the best places for that. And That's here. So great. <laughs> uh, yeah, and learn, of course. And of course, as you heard, Cheryl is coming to Curious Mondo. Uh, we are setting the date date for that. Are we set on the date, or are we changing that? Well, no, we aren't. We are actually no, no, yeah, uh, no, so, no, because October, I will still be in, still be in Illinois. In Illinois. So we are I, trying to figure out between you know her busy schedule and Curious Mondo crazy schedule, but she'll be coming here probably the beginning of next year yeah. to teach basket weaving, which is I, I think it's fascinating. I've seen uh, some in in fiber festivals actually and I was just drooling over them and said I want one of those in my house and you know I'm I'm from the personality that I want to try to make right so it's going to be great to have you here and and I I'm so looking forward to coming and because I won't be teaching a beginner basket and but I do not have any of my advanced baskets on my classes I would say that if you are interested in seeing how this is done or even starting to learn how to do some basic weaving and then by the time I get out there to teach yes. hopefully in February you'll be ready to do a little exactly. bit exactly basket. I have one last question and I do understand you sell but okay. around the country uh, is it easy to get the material necessary for basket weaving because sometimes what I think uh, happens for example, the gourd is one case. People don't know where to go find them. Is this the case with the basket weaving as well? Not at all. No? Not, not at all. Um, and actually, I'm sure that most of you are familiar with the song that video killed the radio star. Uh-huh. Well, guess video what? Video killed the radio star. Video yeah. killed the radio star. <laughs> That's right. The internet killed me at a time when the internet was hot and people like me were building websites except that that's when I was going through the major life change Mm -hmm. of a divorce Mm -hmm. and I was 
trying to teach myself because I didn't have the money to invest in websites like these other basket making yeah. people did. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my business was pretty much taken out right from underneath me because people were ordering from suppliers online. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I'm back in that game now. Yeah. And so, but no, all you have to do is go out and Google basket making supplies and there will be a plethora of nice. basket shops that sell online. Um, the hard thing for people to figure out is who should I buy from? Where's the best price? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are so many people you can buy from that if you find a price that you like on X, Y, or Z, and you go somebody to somebody yeah. else for something different. Yeah. So and, and always understand that you can also use other materials. Because I have to tell you, I don't know if you know, oh, yes. but I'm from Brazil. Oh. And of course, there is basket weaving there. But there is uh, one type that people actually make with newspapers. What you do is you roll the newspapers in very tiny, tiny rows and you use them to weave baskets, all kinds of baskets actually. And then you you put some varnish on top so it hardens and there you go. Yes, absolutely. People, it's amazing what people will find. I see other basket makers in my group who will post things like, Hey, look what I pulled out uh, out of the trash. Uh, my neighbor had this out to the curb. It's a wire basket, and then they'll weave it. Weave they'll weave the materials. Yes. Yes. Or you can pick it up things at Goodwill or plastic baskets at the Dollar Tree. You can weave materials into those, either reed, fabric. You can. I ripped up jeans one time and used the strips uh-huh. <laughs> from the jeans yes. to weave. Nice. Um, it's yeah. endless. You you. You use what you have available. Mm-hmm. More things to use your imagination. That's right. Betty is saying, I can't wait to take your class. Bree is saying, oh, a basket weaving class sounds wonderful. Bree, it's amazing. We have so many pictures to show. We would be here for two hours just <laughs> of what she made in the past. So unbelievable. Uh, Nan, Kevin Kelly is saying, how do we find Sherry's Facebook page? It's not coming up easily. So okay. let's see. Basket making with Cheryl and Edie. Okay. Let me see if I find it here. Basket making. You should show because we just connected here, right? Right. There you go. So I'm just grabbing the, the link. Okay. To put on the chat. So I'm putting on the Facebook chat since it's a question about Facebook. There you go. And let me put it here. Okay, um, Kay Schnert, sorry if I mispronounced your name, watching from Australia. Wow, thank you very much. Interest to learn this art. I love baskets. So probably February will be the month that Cheryl will be with Curious Mondo. And very soon, uh, in a, uh, probably in about a couple of weeks, you are going to see the registration page. As you know, on Facebook, you can watch the whole class for free when we are live. Make sure, and I know in Australia it's hard. We get that a lot. You have two chances uh, in the morning here for us or, or at night. And those are the chances you have to watch for free. And it's worth being late at night watching that uh, and Brie pine needle baskets are beautiful too have you ever made any pine needle basket I have made one small medallion <laughs> because that takes a lot of patience of which I have uh, I have a lot of patience for my students but when I want to make something I'm more of an instant gratification type girl <laughs> 
and I don't want something I have to spend hours and hours and hours and hours on. But I, I admire people who can stick with that. I love those. Um, I, I do make a pottery disc that can be used to then make pine needle baskets on. So that's a, that's a long answer to a short no. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, Karen Baker is saying, I'm going to look forward to meeting Miss Cheryl. I've been waiting to do this. Me too. And Albert Chubak, uh, which is a beekeeper here in town. Hi, all. I, a lot of purposes for baskets, including cap uh, beehive. Uh, they are great for capturing swarms. Look at that. That is fantastic. Hey, Cheryl, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited about learning this and having you here. I think it's going to be fantastic. Don't forget to take some pictures of your studio so we can show to the students when you come. Sure. Right? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I am so excited to come and meet you all and <laughs> teach a class because that, that's what that's what I'm about sharing. Yeah, it's true. And guys, don't forget to connect with Cheryl on Facebook and, you know, take a look at what she's making. Thank you so much for being here. We do not only appreciate the benefit of your time, but also the fact that you interact with us and ask the questions and make this format so unique. Every Tuesday, we are back here with a new artist. Many, many times we also talk about business and marketing, but most of the time we are highlighting an artist. So make sure to tune in whatever you're watching right now at the same time next Tuesday, and we will be back here. Thank you so much. And thank you again, Cheryl. You're welcome, and thank you.